Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. And they asked us not to read an ad, but they do want you to enjoy the show. Hi, sir. Welcome to Bass Pro Shops. My name's Kevin. How can I help you? Hello, Kevin. It's nice to meet you. My name is Jeff. Yes, you're right. I am a mongoose. What? I would like to return this product purchased, opened, gently used. Okay, sir. Um, that shouldn't be a problem. Do you have a receipt for that? I didn't keep the receipt, mate. Didn't think I'd need it. Didn't realize I was being lied to by your company. Well, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Can you tell me what, how, how my company lied to you? Oh, how indeed. How indeed, my friend. It's right here in our box. Bird call. I tried it. No birds. I mean, here I was. Open up. A little bit of a gift from myself. Bit of a Christmas present. Sir, it's not even Christmas yet. Still, side of point, I was... It was it was a Christmas present for me. Oh, I completely understood, sir. Yeah. Let me let me check this out here and just see real quick uh, what what might be wrong with it now here. Right, right. Now tell me, Kevin. Look around. How many ladies are approaching you right now? Well, well, sir, I I don't I don't. How see many any, ladies? I don't see any ladies here. But this right, is a bird right. call, sir. <laughs> that's what you keep telling me. That's why I bought it. I want to get me some birds. Bring him into my uh, my home. Celebrate the reason for the season, <laughs> as it were. Well, I'm sorry, I don't directly understand what you're talking about here, but this seems to be in working order, and I, I'm just I don't oh, really? think I can. Is it Kevin? Is it? Well, is it working? Yes, sir. I is it working for you right now, Kevin? Because I'm looking around. All I see around here is those two blokes over there having a cheese sandwich. Well, well, sir, uh, I, I'm sorry, but unless there's they, a they defect don't. with this, and the defect unless... is that it doesn't call birds. There's no women around here. Uh, wait, did you say women? What do you think I've been talking about here? Oh yes. Oh no, it's Christmas. I'd love to buy an animal call. What kind of? Se- okay, understandable. As I am technically an animal, perhaps that would be something I'm into. But I'm looking for birds, sexy ladies. Uh, okay, sir. Well, this is Bass Pro Shops, and we don't sell what, any... There's a bee at the front? We, well, yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, Jeff, you've done it again. Oh, cheeky, cheeky Jeff. I'll, I'll tell you what, sir. Classic misunderstanding is what this is, eh? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I hate to put anybody out on Christmas. Oh, I appreciate that. But uh, what I can do, just since you don't have a receipt, and we, we never want to see a dissatisfied customer here, here right. at Bass Pro Too Shop. Right. What I'm prepared to do here for you is just, I'll, I'll do a straight up exchange. How about we offer you, you this this vial of muskrat scent? A vial of muskrat? Give it over. Can't imagine. Just get this thing open. Can't imagine why I'd like to even have. Who wants muskrat? <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Uh, Oh. The muskrat scent is is very good at attracting prey. Kevin, that right now. Oh, oh, I'll take it. Oh, Jeff likes this. Jeff likes this very much, eh? Oh, let's say, oh, oh, hello, hello. Who's this over here? I didn't see you standing there. Yeah, I, I just, then you know, I just come over here. I've got me my uh, little vial of scent. Do you enjoy it? It's a rich musk. All right, so you and I just get right to it, my plastic beauty. Uh, <laughs> sir? Uh, sort of, eh? 
Excuse me, sir. That's a mannequin, and I don't think you should be doing that in Bass Pro Shop. You can't stop old Jeff, eh? All right, security. Best mix ever. <laughs> Jeff in the throes of passion. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, hello. Hey everybody, I'm David Flora. And I am um the third gift of the Magi. That was a bottle of Dave Sense. Oh. Dave Sense and Stecco. Stick and Sense. <laughs> should should have been a should have been a gift of common sense. Am I right? Oh. Am I right? <laughs> Thank, thank you, comedian Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that was supposed to be. That was, that was his early days, probably. Yeah. Well, hi, everybody, and I hope you're doing well. Yes, I hope you had a wonderful... Uh, I hope you enjoyed Christmas nearly as much as our friend Jeff. That's right. And I hope I, it was the best Christmas to date. And I think that, I mean, boy, on the, the time this thing drops, I mean, we're going to be just right, right, right up against Christmas. Yup. So, Merry Christmas from Blurry Photos. That's right. If you don't celebrate Christmas, then uh, ha- happy Thursday. Then just stop being fussy about it. <laughs> happy holidays. Well, I, I'll tell you what. This this will be our last uh, uh, subject episode for yeah. 2015. That's right. Closing out our fourth calendar year. 2012 is when we started. Is it? Yeah. Yes. So you count 12. It's 12, 13, 14, 15. This is our fourth calendar year. Crazy. On the job. We're, uh, we, we've got a good bullstone planned for next week, but uh, uh, as far as subject matter goes, this will be the last one, and I yeah. think it's a doozy. It is a doozy. A doozy. This one will be fun because <laughs> it spans so many crazy oh, things that we love to talk about. It, it is. We had this, this, this kind of fun, I, I don't think we've ever had this discussion before where I was like, I don't know, Flora. I don't know. I mean, we're not to, I don't know if this is going to be like a full episode. And Flora was like, are you kidding? I don't know how we're going to fit it all in. And I realized that, that we were coming at it from two different perspectives because this episode is so full of wild, just delicious conjectures. Weird, and- wild stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, there's that, that. Yes. The floodgates are open. Uh, and we're just going to sit back and we, you know what, you know what guys, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're just going to, we're just going to really enjoy ourselves. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a great crazy ass story. And this one was uh, a listener suggestion, sort of a listener. They, uh, listener Anthony posted this, uh, on the Facebook page and we just kind of, kind of fell in love with the crazy ass nature of the story <laughs> with this adorable little weirdo of a story. We think you'll like it too. Cause tonight we're talking about. Mel's Hole. So, Mel's Hole, uh, Flora, I mean, it's a hole in the ground. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, in Washington, to be specific. And this whole thing is, is, is fairly recent, you know, uh, you know, aside from, uh, you know, say, Elisa Lamb or maybe um, uh, Slenderman. We don't, we don't get a lot of things from, like, the last 20 years on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And maybe by the end of this, you'll probably see why. <laughs> that will become so clear. Uh, but this whole thing kicked up in 1997. This whole thing. This whole thing. It kicked up in 1997 uh, in uh, such a wonderful place. Um, 
if there is a patron saint of Fortiana that wouldn't be Charles Fort, <laughs> I guess it would of, of the, the new of the, the, the new millenniums patron saint of the unexplained is art bell without question. Yeah. Coast to coast was an amazing show. I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I don't think it's like terrible now, but like the art bell years I used to, I, I strung up an extra antenna. I used to have a basement apartment in college, right? actually at the exact time that, uh, that this whole thing kicked up, I had to like run wires out to make sure I could get the AM signal. And I just had it playing in my room all the time. Uh, you know, like, while well, I studied and stuff. I love coast to coast. It was a show. It, it is a show. It was a show that came on later in the evening. Right. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it was, no, because it was a live call-in show. So it was happening live, right? I mean, I don't know what the, it was was live, but, um, yeah, it was late night. I mean like 1 AM. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, uh, AM show where they would have guests on to talk about, uh, weird and wild stuff. They'd Mm -hmm. have callers in, you know, and it's, and that's, that's like you said, Fortiana, you know, just talked about on the, on the radio and stuff and our bill. Loved that stuff. He loved listening to to people. He he's got a new thing going now. I think. I think he's got his own show again. Well, yeah, and it's not coast to coast. I, I I haven't heard it yet. Um, and I mean things got real weird with him for a while. Yeah. He was off again, on again. There was some stuff with his family. Like, I don't even know the details. I just know like there was definitely a golden age. Yeah, and well, then the fall. And and this was towards well, I guess towards the middle of that because it yeah. uh, it lasted for a little while, but. Uh, Mel's hole, man. It's we're we're, we're going to talk about the story behind it, and never mind that. Is it true? <laughs> right now, some people would consider it folklore. <laughs> some people would consider it an urban legend, and some would say it's an incredible assemblage of the world's finest, choicest, first-rate bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> oh, it's rich. There's some notes of leather coffee you're gonna need a little pepper asphalt you're gonna get some pepper on the palate there with, mm. with that rich loamy bullshit loamy <laughs> that's a good one uh well whatever it is it's a hell of a fascinating story that that sticks its feet in multiple buckets of fortiana <laughs> yeah and it's uh it's the perfect subject for us to end the year on i think yeah, i think so too to get into an overview here as you were as you were doing or trying to do before i stopped you yeah i was i was not gonna land that plane <laughs> i was gonna bail <laughs> out gonna db cooper it yeah the world first learned of Mel's Hole from a phone call to Art Bell on Coast to Coast AM in 1997. <laughs> and they, though the world first heard of Mel's Hole. Can we, as, <laughs> as an audience, can we all just acknowledge the fact that it sounds like we're describing a dude named Mel's butt? <laughs> just saying, that's it. Moving on. So what unfolded was a saga of paranormal, conspiracy, spiritual, and ufology proportions. A fella going by the name of Mel Waters told of a strange hole on his property that was, by all accounts, bottomless. Yep. It was used as a trash dump by locals, but it never filled up. In fact, nothing could be heard hitting bottom. That wasn't all, though. The hole had supernatural properties as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't enough that that it reached to infinity and then to beyond that. <laughs> Because that that wouldn't be enough. I mean, if you just found a bottomless hole, you wouldn't call Art Bell with that. You wouldn't waste his time. Right. No, there has to be more to it. Animals refused to go near it. A hunter disposed of a dead dog in the hole, only to see the dog running through the woods later. 
fishing line was dropped into the hole and never hit bottom. Well, wait, wait rephrase that because it just sounds like you just took a reel of it and just like <coughs> <laughs> they, probably tried it. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. They there was they they said that like there were some weird sound properties that like yeah. you would a never hear anything hit the bottom, but you wouldn't hear anything hit the sides either. Sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> Come on, guys. There's going to be a lot of those jokes, so just buckle up and Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope Grandma's in the car for this. <laughs> here's, uh, here's, here's one last piece of factoid for you to chomp on. A black beam of shadow oh. was said to be seen emanating from it sometimes. Yeah, the anti-light shaft that would shoot out of it. And what I love about this is that like people, not just uh, our guy here, but other people, which we'll get to, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. And sometimes just a, the, the black beam would shoot up out of the hole. As though no one was going to say shit about it, but since you're asking, I guess I'll mention it. Dry fuss. What? what? Damn right. <laughs> uh, listeners and Art Bell were intrigued, albeit a little skeptical. But that was that for the initial story. Now, Waters spoke on Coast to Coast several more times between then and 2002, relating more of his stories as his quote-unquote experiences grew, and we're going to go into those experiences in detail in a bit. Oh, it's good. Uh, Oh, juicy. Spoilers. uh, He needed a passport. Yeah. There was international flights involved. That's how serious can get. More reports of strange bottomless holes started coming out after that, which we'll also discuss. Oh, yeah. But it's not just Mel's hole that you have to deal with. You also have to deal with the Basque hole. <laughs> you also got to deal with Kimberly's hole. That's right. Yeah. So, so just know if you are in, if you want to get into this mystery, then you got to get into three separate holes, especially the Basque hole. Yeah. If you believe that, you are a Basque hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're having, this is glorious. All right. Let's get into the details of this nutty narration. Yeah. Uh, So go down through a timeline. We'll go into some detail with this stuff. In February 1997, a man faxed a story. Faxed. 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 97, dude. That's like practically teleportation. Faxed a story to Coast to Coast AM. Said his name was Mel Waters from Anastash, Washington. Art Bell called Waters, who claimed to be, at the time, in nearby Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, and Waters said there was a bottomless pit on his land. He had bought the property a few years prior, knew there was a pit on it wherein locals would dump garbage, but it never filled up. He explained that no sound came from the hole when something was dropped in it. No splash, no thump, no splock, no biff, no sunk, not even an echo. What about a crackle? Crackle? No. Shh. I know. That was my ace in the hole. That was Grace my secret. Is worthless. That was my secret sound. It got trumped. But you might go with zapf. <laughs> Bamf. Bamf. The pit was about nine foot in diameter and had a stone retaining wall around it that was about three and a half feet thick, extending down about 15 feet below the surface. You think about that? Are you thinking about that? You think yeah. About it? Well, it's, some, it's some, like a, I mean, that means that people worked around it. Right. Yeah. It seems like, like a well. Almost. Right. Huh? Mel told of a neighbor who had a hunting dog die and decided to dispose of its body via the hole. Which is a shitty way to honor your dog. That yeah. There. Throwing him down the trash hole. Yeah. Don't throw your dog down the trash hole. 
You deserve to be haunted by that dog, you piece of shit. On a later hunting trip, the neighbor had the same dog come back to him, complete with collar, running through the woods and very much alive. Did he keep the dog or did the dog just come by, bite him and leave? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, what's going to get me 17 seconds more airtime on Art Bell? <laughs> Waters explained that animals were scared of the hole and wouldn't go near it. Dogs would resist being pulled toward it even. Okay. I'd be, I'd resist being pulled towards a hole. A hole, right? Yeah. That you just seen a, a fellow dog being thrown down? <laughs> yeah, right. There's um, a dog running through the woods going, stay away from the hole, man. <laughs> so uh, Waters said he was a former shark fisherman and decided to see if he could gauge the depth of the hole and if there was maybe water at the bottom. Using, and, and perhaps sharks. And perhaps sharks uh, using sharks. fishing line and lifesaver candy. Uh, he lowered a line down 1,500 feet, and uh, uh, he had a, a lifesaver tied to the end of it. And what he was trying to do was, was to see if the lifesaver would dissolve, because if it did, that meant there was water down there. Okay. And that would at least put a, a piece of the puzzle in place, I guess. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he left it long enough for it to dissolve, and then he, he brought it back up, and the candy was still there. But now it was haunted. He then lowered a one-pound weight down, and when he got to the end of the spool, he tied another line to it and kept lowering. He did this over and over and apparently used 18 reels of 5,000-foot, 20-pound test line. And he claimed to have used 80,000 feet of fishing line. Now, my first question is this. He used 18 spools of 20-pound test line. He's already got a five pound weight on there. He's got a one pound weight. One pound weight. Oh, okay. I don't know how much each spool weighed. There's right. going to come a point where the weight of the of the, the the line itself. That's right, RJ physicist. A third? Are you the third? The second? Junior? <laughs> the, junior, junior? The second, my dear boy. RJ physicist. I'm a junior, second. junior. <laughs> yeah, this went down over 15 miles, Brosif, into the earth and no bottom. Okay. Well, folks started calling in, questioning the story already. <laughs> no way! This is 15 miles. 15 miles. Some said that maybe the line had hit bottom, but was taught of, remained taut of its own weight, or that the line would have snapped under its own weight. Oh, I'm not the only guy in the physics family. That's right. You've got a cousin, TJ Physicist. He's got a mustache. <laughs> Some suggested using radar on it. Another said throw a cat down there. What? They wanted to throw a cat in there, and when it stops screaming, that's when you know it hit bottom. Jesus Christ. What? Who are they? <laughs> well, a cat is not. Savers didn't do it, dude. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here, here's your 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 holiday T-shirt bumper sticker. A, t a cat is not a diagnostic tool. Okay. A cat is not how you gain information about the world around you. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm definitely way way more in the dog camp, but I, I like kitties. Don't throw a kitty in a hole. <laughs> Art Art Bell suggested lowering a person in, not throwing them, good. but lowering. Them. Yes. Thank you, Art. But, uh, but should that person be holding a cat just to keep them calm? Waters, Waters didn't know what they would find and said it would be dangerous because, you know, the 
didn't know what the air quality was like, uh, the pressure. You know, you might have to deal with temperature or gases that, that you wouldn't even. What about glow sticks? Let's go glow stick down the hole. I, it, it, that's a good question. I don't think I remember them saying what all trash they threw down in there because I think people tested it here and there. You know, they would throw shit in there and, and they'd be like, oh, do you hear anything? I don't hear anything. Oh, let's get something else. Right. So, I mean, I would throw a glow stick in tied to a cat. Uh, <laughs> or, or you know, a flashlight if there's. Yeah. Or maybe um, uh, something that was just emitting a consistent ping tone. Just like, doot, 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 doot. Drop that thing down there. Sure. Well. Waters did say that he he I'm just would, saying uh, those those offer more information than a cat. Oh sure, he say well I don't know. <laughs> I mean I mean you you've made your feelings clear, Stecco. But if we go to the hall, I'm bringing a cat. Uh, Waters did say that he'd jump in it himself if he had a terminal illness, and that it was in his will to have his body thrown in after death. Art expressed concern about polluting groundwater from all the garbage and stuff that was being thrown at it, but Waters dismissed the notion. He said uh, everything was was good, good to go still. The water was clean and pure. Uh, No, based on nothing. Based on going, nah, brah, it's too much fun to throw shit in this hole, so it's fine. (laughs) Nah, brah, I drink Pepsi every day, but the water's cool here. Yeah. Uh, He was back uh, on the show a few days after, after that, um answering some more questions and such. But uh, uh, some things that uh, uh, listeners found out about Mel Waters. Um, He grew medicinal herbs on his property. Wink. He had a hobby of making belt buckles, which he sold here and there. Which, which against all better common sense, will come back at some point in this episode. Right. Which I'm, I'm offended that that's something that comes back. But yes, Mel's belt buckles provide an important clue yeah he once found a p38 pistol on on the property oh i, I thought you meant the fighter plane no apparently it was a a, a nazi gun yeah the walther p38 is the uh. um, the officer sidearm of the the fuhrer's army and he gave that away to a landlord as as a deposit uh jeez re- <sighs> I mean, I know weird shit happens in Washington state. I know things get goofy <laughs> in different areas, but like if you're a landlord and the guy's offering you a gun, he found as a deposit, red flag, <laughs> red flag. It's a Nazi gun. Apparently he had found a, a, a Chinese new year's lucky money envelope. What? That contained American dimes, which he used, uh, in some of his homemade belt buckles. And uh, he had apparently put a metal lid over the hole and locked it. I'm looking up this this lucky money thing. Oh, yeah. You put money in a red envelope and it's lucky money. There you go. Okay. All right. So that was kind of the uh, the initial barrage of, of this story and it really sparked up interest in this. Yeah. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. I mean, it's, it's, it's not unlike Star Wars, the initial trilogy. Uh, you know, was an interesting story. It was entertaining. And so the guy who made it up decided to give people more of what they wanted. And so he returned as a guest in April of 2000 and his story had expanded. <laughs> Much like the Star Wars expanded universe that Dark Mark Soloff was talking about. <laughs> According to him, after the initial broadcast, he returned to the hole one day and was stopped by three men, one in plain clothes and two in military uniforms. 
claiming to be government agents. They told him he could not enter his property due to a plane crash. Waters said there was no smoke or evidence of such, and the men warned him that if, if he didn't leave, a drug lab could easily be found on his land. Okay. Waters claimed to see men in yellow hazmat suits in the background. The men, the, the, the three that stopped him, then offered Waters a deal. If he leased the land to the government, they would give him a monthly stipend of how much, Dave? $250,000. A month. Per month. Per month. But there was a condition. He would have to leave the country immediately. After what was probably, I don't know, three seconds, he was like, yes, please. And he was relocated to Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where this guy, who used to be a shark hunter, but then was an inland landowner, uh, belt buckle manufacturer, decides, hey, you know what I really need to do? I need to make a difference. <laughs> you, know, you know what needs help? Wombats. That's right. He set up a wombat rescue research clinic while there. <laughs> clinic facility, whatever. To rescue and research wombats. Wombats. Now, I, I guess Art Bell claimed or, or confirmed that he had correspondence with Mel while he was in Australia or that he was in Australia that at, at some point during that time frame, this was March of 97 yeah. to December of 99. And all the while, remember, he's getting paid quarter of a million dollars every month. But what happens, Dave? Well, poor, poor Mel. Yeah. Mel decides it's time to come back home. It's a little homesick. Decides, you know what? I can't, I can't live this lie any longer of being paid a quarter million dollars a month to with wombats in (laughs) Australia. So he comes back home to the United States and says, guess what? Daddy's home. That's right. Federal government. An agency, you got to deal with Mel Waters. This, however, was against the wishes of whatever agency was leasing this land. But, but I mean, and, and they, while disappointed, were cool with it. Yeah, no, they weren't. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. So he was on a bus going to Olympia, Washington, when he uh, witnessed what's described as an altercation. Mel, I make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month was on the bus. Took a greyhound. <laughs> the police asked him for a statement because he was a witness, I guess, but he refused, and then they offered to give him a ride in their black van. Well, I mean, what good is it being an international rich playboy who loves animals if you can't trust someone in a black van? Right. Well, then he claims to have woken up in a San Francisco alley, badly beaten. <laughs> The classic San Francisco alley problem. And he had a couple of his molars missing. Claimed there was evidence that he had been hooked up to an IV and his belt buckle, uh uh-oh, stolen. They stole his belt buckle? Why? (laughs) I can imagine him, like, waking up. He's feeling he doesn't have teeth. He's got track marks on his arm. He stands up and his pants just fall down. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's not enough. (laughs) And he probably just stared at him around his ankle, just uh, <laughs> a garbage truck drives by and splashes him. Yeah. With <laughs> but doesn't in there, Dave, worse yet, his bank account had been wiped clean. 
Oh, no. And the Wombat Rescue Facility was dismantled. And the people who worked there, disassembled, put in crates. So he finally gets back home and he's greeted by, according to him, men in black types who told him the government was seizing his land. A neighbor claimed to have seen black vans outside his home and men ransacking it. And he then got served divorce papers and was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. In what order? Uh, That order. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I mean, it was one thing after another. Still didn't have his pants on. Yeah, still. He won't pull him up. Yeah, won't pull him up. He's just shuffling, shuffling around. So what's he do, Dave? Well, he gives up. He gives up, right? He sure doesn't. Oh, yes. That's the can-do attitude. He gives old Art Bill a call. Well, that's what you have to do when no one else. If anybody can help you. Well. Yeah. Uh, when, when all else fails, you call Art Bell. Will? 2002, Waters tracked down a man who'd purchased uh, one of his belt buckles a few years back. How? Uh-huh. The, uh, uh, oh, no, it was uh, on the belt buckle forums. Is the Reddit <laughs> channel for, for artisanal belt buckles. Missed belt connections. Right. According to him, one of the dimes he used in this belt buckle that he made was minted prior to when the rest of... of dimes of that era were minted it, so it's a roosevelt it's a 1943 or 44 one of those two three yeah 1940 let's just say it's 43 if i'm wrong shut up just <laughs> shut up merry christmas shut That's up way to undercut it <laughs> um uh, it's a, a 1943 roosevelt dime and one of the you know every coin struck has a single letter that indicates the city in which it was made right there's a mint in denver so you can see oh, yeah. lots of quarters and stuff with a little d on them Philadelphia has one, I think. Mm-hmm. And a P, uh, a P on it. It's a P. P. Uh, so he's got this dime and it's a 43 Roosevelt with a B, the letter B is in Bravo. Now, thing is this, there's no mint in a city that starts with B Oh. and there was never a Roosevelt dime made in 1943. Oh, no, no. Oh, yes. Yes. My name is always closely. Observe the coins in my belt buckles at the point of purchase. Once they're attached to my pants, I can no longer see them. Sometimes they fuse themselves <laughs> into my body proper. <laughs> uh, this is mine, dime. You cannot have it. <laughs> the point is this. There's a mystery with these dimes that he used to make belt buckles with. Oh, now yeah. Now all the belt buckles are coming home to roost. Here's the deal. Treasury Department confiscated the coin. What? Well, apparently the guy uh, that he had talked to about it, he wanted it back from him. And the guy was like, yeah, let me think about it. And then the Treasury Department was like, excuse me, sir, that's ours. Oh, that's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. Well, you can't mess with the Treasury Department. Those guys are so serious. He also pointed out that if you were to look at what was called the online Terra server, which was supposed to be like uh, Google Earth back in the day. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the, all the satellite, satellites. Yes, satellite images. That his land had been removed. What? Yeah, that's that's, that's what I said. And uh, I think, I, I don't know if he gave coordinates or somehow they got coordinates, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes because I've looked at this myself. Uh, I'll bring it up. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back to it a little bit later. But um, uh, around then, Art Bell says that a TV crew once investigated Mel's former land. And uh, found evidence of a military presence there. 
What 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 would that evidence be? Tank tank treads? Tank treads? I don't know. Um, uh, oh, discarded gas masks. <laughs> a- alien footprints. Well, there's a there's uh some kind of mil- military installation that's not far from there. But I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Fart. Um, <laughs> and this is when uh, this is when we hear about the occasional black anti-light beam that shoots into the sky near the hole. Right. Yes. the the sh- The shadow shaft. The yeah. The, uh, the shaft of the of, anti-light murder of beam. Uh, the the dear God, what? There's a. This is, it's just sort of random information at this point. Now, at this point, things get. At this point, are your pants on still? <laughs> have, you found, have you found the self esteem to bend over and pull your <laughs> damn pants back up? <laughs> <laughs> you're just so defeated by this. You're just like. It's it. like somebody stole your belt buckle. <laughs> so, so now, now we're going to add another layer another valence orbit to this this conjecture yeah. you know uh let's make this thing f-ing unstable right okay so now now it's time for the word of truckers the trucker well you know what though trucker's word I, <laughs> <laughs> to me good as gold i no no joke <laughs> trucker's word I, I i feel like a trucker's word you can trust I, you're looking at me weird. I, I'm serious, though. It's it's honest folk. Uh, uh. I feel like a trucker is the last person you can trust, really, because they well, are just, never in the same place twice. Guess it they're depends constantly on, on the what move. they're hauling. Uh, yeah, no, never, never trust a trucker. <laughs> never trust a trucker. Thus started the trucker wars <laughs> of 2016. Begun these trucker wars. Uh, write us in. Um, let us know. I know we've got some trucker listeners. I, I, yeah, I have. Yeah. Somebody's written in to us before and I said, hey, glad to have you. So Yeah, no, I, I do not. I'm not disparaging the truckers. I'm just saying <laughs> don't trust them. <laughs> They're I, constantly saying, on the move. They're rambling men and ladies. Well. Alright, so now it's time yeah. for the trucker report. Okay. We got one trucker that says that he uh, he's a friend of Mel's said that he had delivered large quantities of fiber optic equipment to a group of uh, Israelis in a warehouse in Ellensburg, right? Yeah, in Ellensburg. What? And Dryfoss. What? Come on. And then another Dryfoss. Come on. Come on. <laughs> another. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Uh, another trucker. Who Mel's friends with. Mel knows a lot of truckers. Well, sure. Uh, he got rides with them. Yeah. Said that he delivered scientific instruments to the same warehouse from the uh, LLNL, which stands for Lovely Ladies Need Lovins. Lovely Ladies Do Need Lovins. Am I right? That's the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Lawrence Livermore. Lawrence Livermore's got himself a little lab uh, uh, concern going. And and they're having equipment delivered. Constantly. Please take this to Ellensburg, Washington. And don't stop along the way, those truckers. You can't trust them. Deliver this to Mel's hole <laughs> right away. <laughs> Damn, I love that voice. Uh, and they do some military research. So so Mel's trucker network is checking in. and And they're just calling him constantly to be like, you know, I delivered a whole lot of produce to a grocery store in Ellensburg. Almost too, too much, much produce. <laughs> yeah, so so now now there's more people getting in on the circus. 
Uh, and now here's the other thing is that I listened to a few of these, the audio tapes, you know, the Art Bell shows, but I certainly didn't listen to all of them. And so now we're just kind of, the thing is not like any of it could be corroborated, but the, the, the fun of this episode is that we are, we are not getting closer to the truth. People, we are, <laughs> we are in a rocket ship headed further and further out to space. So, so just, just, stra- just strap in for what is a wild ride. That's right. We'll wake you up when we get to the Kuiper belt. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, a group of native Americans invite Mel to Nevada to discuss their mutual interest in wild plants because Mel's also known in the native American community. Uh, cause he had an herb garden. Uh, yeah. He had the medicinal herbs. Yeah. This is a bit of a linchpin in the, in the story, uh, an, an interesting, bad place to put a linchpin la- launch pad, if you will, and other LP words, but like native Americans tell him to come down to Nevada to, to talk with them. But then he meets up with some Basque settlers. And this was th- the, these are uh, the the from the Basque region of Spain, right? That had been there apparently since the eighteen hundreds, which is particularly weird because that that so far predates the Spanish Civil War, right? But you know, I, I mean, I I would think that the Basque region and Nevada probably are pretty similar, actually, in climate. Hell, if I know, I think, but um, better than Barcelona, Barcelona, what about Toledo? Um, <laughs> But these uh, uh, these these settlers who and then there weren't m- many of them I don't think and they weren't very um, well off no but um, the deal was he met up with them and their village apparently surrounded another hole that was not unlike the one uh, he had and they considered it a, a spiritual place but unlike his their hole had a metal rim that was two feet wide <laughs> uh, two feet tall and. Um, lined the interior uh, of the hole as far down as you could see. Okay. So not stone. This one's metal and not too dissimilar from his hole. It cancels out sound above, within, and on the metal rim. And for a kicker, it also produced a field of warmth. What? (laughs) I think you mean dry fuss. What? What? You're right. I hope you bought stock in that for this episode. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, buy buy dry fuss stock. Uh, so they decided to do some experiments, which, hey, I'm all for that. G- you know, go for it. See what right. you can find out. So the first thing they did, apparently, they got some uh, ice down at the store. They put it in a bucket. They put actually put two pieces of ice in two separate buckets. One of them they, they kept beside them on the surface. The other they lowered down into the hole. As far as they could, about 1,500 feet. This is kind of a weird experiment to run, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like idiocy. It just, just seems like a weird choice. Yeah. Um, what they were doing was to see what would happen to the ice in the bucket that they lowered compared to what happened with the ice on the surface. So if, you know, if they would melt at the same rate. Right. Or, or if there was any difference. Well... They they waited for the the ice in the bucket by the beside them to melt about halfway. They pulled the the other one back up and uh, they looked at them. The ice in the the pit that they lowered down had not melted. Nope, intact. In fact, the ice was apparently lukewarm. Yeah, not it is no longer cold ice. It's now warm ice. And also, watch out if you smoke near it. <laughs> Mel picked it up and it didn't even melt sitting in his hands 
In fact, it, it felt warm. So they decided uh, to give it another go to try milk, melting the ice, and they um, they put it over a fire pit, and instead of instead of melting, it caught on fucking fire. So exposure to the hole is now uh, I don't know what liberating the hydrogen in it. Would that even keep it no molecularly sound? No, like, it wouldn't. Yeah. So so this ice lit on fire, emitted more w- warmth, but. Uh, it, they said it wasn't a large flame; it was more like a flicker. And he said that the, this bucket of ice continued to burn for months, for months. And he presumed that it, it was still going when he was talking oh, yeah. to Art. Yep, because he said, "Well, you know, his friend had the bucket, right? So you know, my friend's been using this to to heat his house. It's it's a, yeah. The one of the Basque guys yeah. took it. Yeah, yeah. He's been using it to heat his house. He's a good friend of his. I'd like to take this opportunity to say, Fuck you, Mel Waters." That makes no damned sense. And I don't, I mean, I don't mean on the very legit grounds of the science are, that are involved I, on, on any of that. I have a bucket of burning ice. Well, I, I, I use it to try to keep my driveway clear. Then I put it back in the bucket and I just, you know, like, like, I love it. Like, oh, I've, I found a laser gun. I use it only to light birthday candles. <laughs> um, oh, no, no. I have a time machine. Um, but I just use it so I know what the weather is really going to be like tomorrow. So I can sleep in a bit. Right. Yeah. Like that's the <laughs> dumbest mean, honestly, f-ing... Though. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you, Mel Waters. Um, so here, here's, here's where, here's where it gets crazy. Oh, sh- is oh, it though? I thought we were there. Well, but we're not. Now we are. So what'd they do, Dave? What, what was the next course of action? Ice was was a crazy experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next step up from ice. Well, more ice? No. Then you turn to your, you know, your your best piece of barnyard diagnostic equipment. A cat. Yeah, but you can't catch cats. You're an idiot. You can't. So you catch a sheep. Uh Uh-oh. Because everyone knows that if you are if you are doing a scientific uh, survey of a of an unknown and misunderstood phenomena. The the protocol is clear. One, the two bucket ice challenge. <laughs> then you Can lower you and pouring that flaming ice on your head. Right. Then then you, <laughs> then you lower a sheep on a rope. <laughs> a fucking sheep. <laughs> what were they? What did they want to learn from that? Well, I think they found out what they wanted to learn. Yeah, no, 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 no. See, that's not how it works. <laughs> You have to have an idea in your head All right. of why you're lowering a sheep into a hole before you lower the sheep into the hole. It, if you are just putting a sheep in a hole to see what happens, then you're just f***ing around. If it were me, I would want to see if the sheep lived or died. Well, how would the sheep be, be dying in your mind? Well, that would be uh, something we could talk about after we put the sheep in. No, 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 no. It can't be because if you are, you have to know what you're testing for before you perform a test. You can't, because then you just don't know what the fuck's going I'm on. I'm hoping that there would be evidence of why, of what killed the sheep if it died. So if you and think. if it didn't die, then let's put a per- person down there. So if you're concerned that perhaps there's gas in the hole, a very legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. A sheep is very heavy. A cage with a small bird in it is very light. Maybe they didn't have any. Uh, no, they don't. They don't live in the Yakutsk province of Siberia. They're poor Basque people that are living in Nevada. What's cheaper, a sheep or a fucking parakeet? 
Good point. <laughs> like Good none point. of this, none of this makes sense. So, okay. And I'm, <laughs> I am arguing from the future to try to change the past. I'm not John Claude Van Damme. I'm not the police of the time stream. I'm just going to sit here and hover in my tight, tight underpants. <laughs> there is never enough time. <laughs> is he Spanish? <laughs> Shut up. Belgian accents are impossible. No one can touch them. It's like a Russian Frenchman. I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I yeah. get what you're okay. saying. Yeah. And, so and who, for, who isn't making that argument? At because this point, it's a but. bunch of fucking morons. They've decided a sheep is the next best diagnostic. They were sheep instrument. herders. They had sheep coming out their ears. <sighs> they didn't have flashlights. They didn't Maybe have glow sticks. Maybe the sheep had killed another sheep and it was just. <laughs> It deserves justice. <laughs> They're like, if you survive, we're going to set you free. <laughs> it's your like debt, a witch. Your debt is a witch paid. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> your debt's been paid. Sheep witches. Um, mm, all right. So sheep. Let witch. me tell you what happened to the sheep. <laughs> the poor fucking sheep. It, it got scared to death. It panicked. They. I hope it shit on them. I'm sure it did. They put it in a crate. They finally got it over the hole and no sound. Couldn't hear anything anymore. The, the crate was still. Rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. Um, like Wolfman hot dog. But they uh, they lowered it down there, and uh, they uh, apparently they're they're putting it down fifteen hundred feet. That to me that seems like a, a long way. But yes. Anyway, fifteen hundred feet. They go down. Ball, with this. Ballpark of a quarter mile. And after feeling a strange fuzzy bright vibration in the metal rim, they left it down there for a half an hour, and then they pulled it back up. <laughs> so my name is Mel Walters. I've written a book about my experiences. It's called Microwave of the Gods. <laughs> uh, so they looked at the sheep. It was clearly dead. They couldn't see anything wrong with it, so they decided to cut it open, see if they could, right? you know, see what eat they could it. see. So they could just eat it because they were idiots? I don't well, know. Well, they cut it open, and the inside looked cooked, all right? And then they saw this strange gel surrounding a big tumorous growth. They removed the tumor, which appeared to be kind of like this this fleshy bag. Right. This, this, you know, they cut it open and this creature emerged that looked, according to them, like this cross between a fetus and a seal, complete with flippers, apparently. Right. But uh, this is what I like most about this, but but the thing is, while while you, the ignorant listener, are feeling revulsion at this moment. No, 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 man. No. If you were there, you would see that it had the deepest, most soulful eyes. Human eyes. Human eyes. And they just stared at it for up to two hours. They That's just true. were held by its, its soft, gentle eye contact. It apparently was connected to this tumor with an umbilical cord. Uh, which it disconnected itself from. Yeah, uh, which I, that was the exact word, it disconnected, so it just went like... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like it, it was like, oh, it had these sad, soulful eyes, and then it just like slowly uh, brought uh, its uh, head. Yeah. And here's the deal. It apparently looked at all the guys that were standing there with reverence, and then it gave Waters this feeling of being in the presence of a miracle. Suk, a low sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. No, it is not. But Sukalo said. <laughs> and then one of the guys was like, let's kill it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably the most sane guy around. 
They didn't. In fact, uh, it, it crawled over to the edge of the table, looked at, uh, at Waters, who seemed to feel connected to it. And he apparently felt compelled to pick it up and put it on the ground, which he did. Yep. Mind control. Here's one thing. It, it said that whatever the, the substance that was on the, the creature. The goo. The, yeah. It smelled like ozone. And that's when, that's when everybody just sort of stared at each other for a couple hours. <laughs> and, and then it, it goes over to the hole, gets up on the, the thing, on the, on the rim, looks back at him, gives him one of the old, bye, see if f***ers nods, and just jumps back in the hole. Of course. Yeah, um, so, so it's gone forever. And apparently everybody was, was emotionally drained, but deeply moved. And then uh, Mel comes back from Nevada. And guess what, Dave? Remember that esophageal cancer that he had? Yeah. Gone. Oh. Remember that divorce he, he was going through? Uh-huh. S- still still divorced. <laughs> well, one out of two. You know. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was really hoping to be like, nope, fixed it. He said that one of the Basque elders told him they, they thought the hole was spiritual. Um, he wasn't surprised about the story of this creature. And then apparently he put an object in Mel's hand told him not to look at it, to put it away. And then that's when Mel, when he, when he gets home, he, he remembers what it was and, and reached into his pocket and he pulled out a little red envelope wherein contained what, Dave? 1943 Roosevelt dimes. Correct. Okay. You know, I, I should have said this back then, but it just re- re- you reminded me of it. So, um, you know, do you know what you call uh, a Basque? gentleman who just moved to the United States, who just immigrated. You call him a Basque gentleman. Do you know what you call the fifth generation from that guy? An American? Yeah. Some trash Nevadans. That's what you call them. Like, <laughs> like you, oh, we are the Basque. We moved here in 1800. And 200 years later, we have done nothing to assimilate. No, that's bullshit. They're just a bunch of fucking people living in the desert in Nevada. They're, they, they're, they're carrying no cultural identity. They are not holding the torch for their brothers, who they abandoned, by the way. When shit got real, it's not like they hauled ass back to Spain. <laughs> they were sending checks back. That's why they were poor. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. All right. Listen to the bullshit police on this episode. <laughs> yeah, me. Um, all right. So let's crank this up a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. Crank it. December of 2002. This was one more time on Coast to Coast. Our buddy, Muddy Waters, (laughs) comes back on the radio. Comes back on. Says that uh, helicopters had been flying over that village with the hole pretty regularly. On the rig. And then the, apparently the metallic collar around the, the, the hole became invisible when an observer reaches a particular distance away from it. Is that distance like farther than you'd be able to see it? Just curious. Just curious. Just curious. Now, now this is now to make this clear. This is an entirely new hole. This is the Basque hole. Yeah, this isn't his. Yeah, this isn't Mel's hole. Mel's hole had stone around it. Right. This one is the metal hole. We have never found Mel's original hole again. It's lost to history and governments. Right. Because although it was history w- and men in blacks, although it was exactly where he lived, he can't find it again. Even though it was his home fucking address. He he can never return there or tell anyone where it was. The the dime, yeah, is apparently disappears at fifteen feet away. Oh, 
I, I think a lot of dimes will disappear right in that range. And and then he gives an update about that burning ice. Oh, yeah? Said that the guy who was using it put it in his stove in the cooler months, and uh, and he, he noticed that things started getting drier and drier. He was getting thirsty. His skin started getting dry. The air felt felt dry around him. He'd, he'd put some water on the stove to try and humidify it, but uh, it just seemed like all the moisture was getting absorbed by this ice. By his ever-burning ice. And then he came home one day, and the stove had uh, had crashed through the, the floor and su- had sunken a foot into the ground. All right, so... He was, you know, he he patches it up. He's like, well, there's, it sucks, but it's, it's a my perfect, stove. Perfectly good stove. Yeah. So he kept using it, even though it was sitting a foot below his floor. But then a couple of weeks later, the whole cabin disintegrates. So so what's he do? All right, peace out. <laughs> Gonna live with with friends. Just leaves it there. And then uh, uh, about a month later, he comes back, and the stove is now about five feet down into the ground. And apparently, it leaves a glassy, smooth surface on the hole that that it created. That's when he he called up old Melly Waters and oh yeah yeah because at no point up till then would you. <laughs> it wasn't weird until then, but he wants he wants to get that oven back. He wants that stove back. So they bring a team up there to try and 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 get this stove out. Get you know this burning ice out. And this guy, the basket guy, hides up. Up in the woods, up in the hills, he wants to just watch what's going on, just see what's you know what the deal is. And he doesn't he he doesn't know what they if if they're scientists or if they're they're military folks or engineers or whatever. But uh, they he said they bring out these this construction equipment uh, with cranes and everything. They try to 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 lift it out, and nothing nothing's working. And uh, apparently they and this is this is. <laughs> I hate to say this is a, a weird part because what the f*** has this episode been so far? But, right, right. Uh, they drop some chains into the ground, pour water over them, and then with multiple cranes, they hoist the stove out of the ground and load it onto this huge f***ing gigantic truck and then haul it away. The, now, the way Mel describes it is as of uh, Kurt Vonnegut's book. Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle. Have you read that? No. I haven't no. either. I read Timequake and uh, Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse Five, like yeah. else. But there's a substance in this book called Ice Nine, which uh, is a form of water molecule that freezes at high temperature and converts surrounding water to the same form of molecule. And he compared it to that. Yeah, he. I love this that he calls it a theoretical substance, but the the word you're looking for is a fictional. There's a difference. It uh, it has the ability to freeze all water on Earth and turn people into statues in the book. Right. But, I mean, apparently, it's not too far off from being impossible, according to scientists that Kurt Vonnegut worked with. Not not Mel, but well, the, the substance in the book, anyway. Right. But that's, that's Mel's opinion of Kurt Vonnegut's <laughs> science friends. True. I mean, so, like, like the idea, think about that. So what you would have is a catalytic molecule. That would convert all molecules around it to itself, which which uh, violates uh, entropy. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's it's it isn't possible. It's there's no like oh I've got I've got one droplet of of, of chemical zorblock, and if I drop it, then it's going to convert everything else to chemical zorblock forever and ever until we're all gone and dead. Doesn't work like that. Nothing works like that. Actually, I take it back. Uh, early nuclear reactions, they were worried that there would be a chain reaction that would destroy the entire planet. 
Well, anytime any scientific research is being done, they worry that the, it's yeah, going right. to destroy the planet. It doesn't um, stop them. CERN is, is going to destroy it any day now. I'm okay with that. You know we're going to get sucked into that tiny black hole. And then uh, Mel brings up that he's, he's, he's getting a little paranoid. He's under the impression he's being followed. He says he, he doesn't want to go back to the hole now because he's afraid that uh, people might find their way to the hole from him. And then our friends, the Basques, told Mel that uh, this creature, the little, the little uh, uh, love seal, right. uh, has emerged from the hole multiple times. and uh, It waved at him? Waved at him, and there's babies. Uh, they, they found a way to communicate with it, and apparently it speaks not just through empathy, <laughs> not just through you know, emotion, but through a boombox. With sweet beats? With, uh, with, with sweet clicks and, and buzzes and... And beats. Break and beats. beats. Yeah. But when they tried to when when asked how it. When asked how easy it was to uh, communicate with them, the Basques only replied, it's tricky. Tricky. <laughs> tricky, tricky. <laughs> they, they tried to record it, but it just came back as a... As beeps and bloops and bloops. <sighs> yeah, no. Oh, that's too bad. They tried really... You know, they tried, though. They, you know what they should have done is lowered a sheep onto the boombox. See if that you see if that helped. But this creature warned them <laughs> about this burning ice, and he said uh, it can and would destroy the Earth in a very short amount of time if improperly used. And he it said that greedy and undisciplined use of the ice would probably occur in this world, and that there are intelligent beings in other worlds who anticipate that the human race will destroy itself through nuclear war. And they plan to move in once we're gone and use the ice on this planet. And Waters was told that uh, when the burning ice is discovered in the universe, it's almost always improperly used. So so, so just, you know, keeping your home warm, not proper use? (laughs) Letting it sink into the ground. Right. And so that uh, that was about the last that we heard of Mill Muddy Waters. Oh well, I mean, but, that, but here's the thing: the saga lives on. Yeah, I, and I'd like to take a moment to remind everyone: this whole thing starts with a big hole in the ground that people throw their trash in. Now, there's creatures coming in and out of the hole, warning us of our own impending doom via burning ice. But via burning ice, well, that's when 2005 rolls around, and you get a lady named Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. And techn- you know, usually I'm inclined to trust Kimberleys, but maybe maybe I can't anymore. I hope this doesn't ruin everything. What's Kim's background? Well, she yeah. always been in Iowa. Well, let me know. Her family came down from uh, from Canada. Oh my god! From Manitoba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So uh, she called uh, the Art Bell Show with a similar story that uh, that she's got a Manitoba hole, Manitoba, Canada. Yep. And um, one of her ancestors was in the Canadian military and was stationed in the area in the 1700s, which is a hell of a maneuver considering that there actually was no Canada in the 1700s and it was either a French territory or in the later part of the century, a British territory as a result of war. So well well done. (laughs) I think hell of a fucking maneuver there. I'll tell you what, I I listened to some of this one and I, Uh I do think that she said it was British. It was a British Okay. Civilian. Okay. The, 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 the account that I have list, she said that was the Canadian. Right. right. So the natives showed him the Manitoba <laughs> and they said that it is where spirits dwelt. They would occasionally come up out of the hole, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, you could hear them 
and uh, eventually because he her her ancestor claimed the land all around it which i'm sure the uh, the natives were delighted to hear finally get some white management up in this place <laughs> the the land was passed down through the family how was this hole similar or dissimilar well it was similar in that it was a deep hole deep hole deep hole it was deep dissimilar in that it was no longer under the united states jurisdiction and oh. that's a problem there's a whole gap. It's a whole set of problems. Nice. It was also 30 feet in diameter. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's a big ass hole. So that's bigger than both other holes combined, maybe even multiplied. Uh, it was lined with a cream colored retaining wall, which resembled finely polished marble. Hmm, so another wall. Yep. And it could not, it was so hard it could not be damaged or scratched, no matter what they done did to it. It also, the uh, stone lining, it did not resemble any of the other regional stones according to her, and it did not extend above ground level. Now, uh, Kimberly and her brother had dug down a few inches at the hole's edge to measure how thick the wall itself was, and she figured it to be about two feet thick and uh, was just as smooth on the outside as Billy D. Williams is on the inside. Okay. Come on, Chewie. Hit the hyperjack. <laughs> well, 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 what have we what here? What have we here? I used to have that as the text sound on my phone. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what have we here now kimberly thank you thank you kimberly for being the first person to chuck a f***ing flashlight down their mystery hole <laughs> and uh again no indication of how deep the hole was or if it even had a bottom apparently for about 50 yards around the hole no wildlife sounds can be heard no insects uh just just a a, a dead silence weird yeah uh with a couple of uh animal mutilations thrown in for taste yeah, just just on the outside of that cone of silence, I think. Yeah. Oh, there was the 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 humming. There was a humming, kind of buzzing thing. There was the lights in the sky, and uh, no, as far as this one goes, no claims of the dark anti light pillar shooting out of it. So she's got that going for. Her. <laughs> she also found this weird little smooth ebony pyramid. She said, and she said in the in the interview, she says she found it on its side. Also, they couldn't get to it very easily. You had to hike. Couldn't drive to this one. Yeah, no. You For can't, an hour. There's always a reason you can't get to it. Either you can't find it, even though it was your home f***ing address, uh, or you you have just sworn to never again go to it, which is convenient. Um, and the only other people that know about it are are never named group of Basques or you know, and I, I think Kimberly, again, is ahead of the curve here. Just appeal to people's laziness. Ugh, you, you'd have to walk for like an hour. Well, that cuts out 75% Boom. of Americans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's in Canada, though. Mm, oh, maybe, shit. Yeah, maybe that's not the barrier she hopes it'll be. The most educated country in the world. Is it? Oh, yeah. Per, uh, per, per capita uh, you know how you college can, degrees. You know how you can tell? They're warm uh, welcome. To Syrian refugees. That's right. And and electing so, a fine young man for yeah. prime minister. Way to go, Canada. You're killing it. You're, you're, you're doing, doing it. You, you're doing well. You're on the right track. Yeah. That that's that's Kimberly's hole that, that was uh <laughs> yeah. so so that's Trace Holindos that's for you. Three holes. You heard about the first hole, it felt good. You heard about the second hole, it felt even better. You heard about the third hole and it hurt so bad and it wouldn't let go. It was a story of a traveling leather pants salesman. <laughs> Super ego? Nope. <laughs> Mr. Show. 
So I don't I don't know if you, the listener, uh, have picked up on the the thick layer of um, I don't know what would you call it, Dave? Sarcasm? <laughs> that, yeah, that, that we've no, slathered uh, this in. Not sarcasm. Uh, hostility. Maybe. I mean, at least for me, um, outright derision. Well, I'll tell you what. L- let's go through some logic in this, shall we? It has no place here. I don't. I don't guess it does. But before we peel back the cover and see what we've won. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and this crackerjack toy. Uh, <laughs> lots of people apparently have gone looking for this hole, these holes. No one has found it. No hole hunters. There there has, has yet to be a hole finder. You know what? Hey, why don't you and I get a uh, um, history channel show? Right, called Hole Hunt. Let's, let's yeah, Hole Hunters. The, ho- the whole truth. The whole truth. Oh, oh no 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 no! It's a, it's an American audience. The whole truther. There you go. So it's like not only are we searching for these holes, but we're also punching holes in the liberal agenda along the way. <laughs> we just call it holy sh. Nice. I like that. Um, yeah. Let's just call it. Get, get, you've got history's number, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. Nobody nobody's found this thing. Uh, ooh, Mel Mel Waters. Who is he? Nobody knows. Yeah. You know. You know the funny thing is, is that there are no tax records. Of yeah. Mel Waters living anywhere in that part of the state of Washington at any point. So this could only mean two things, Dave. <laughs> well, I mean, it means one thing. This government could... cover-up. That's it. All right. Just government cover-up. It could either mean that that he's using, this guy who's using a false name, or to protect himself. Government cover-up. Oh, yeah, he could be protecting himself against the government cover-up. The government. Misinformation. Uh, the government could have just wiped him from, from the record books. Honestly, I truly believe the government can do that if they wanted to. Yeah, no, you know, I you you can. I mean, they're the ones in charge of the records. So, yes. I mean, the the, the witness protection program does it right. all the time. Right, right, right. So, you know, that uh wiping a person from from existence isn't that far of a stretch. But you know what? Let's keep going. Why not? Dave, how hot does it get down in the earth there? Real hot. Yeah, it gets hot. Now, depending on on where you are, Going going down through the Earth's crust, that'll that'll skew the data a little bit, you know. But generally, if you get a, an average decline down in there, it'll go up about seventy degrees Celsius every two thousand meters. Now, yeah. now that, and that's uh, that's that's over a mile. Oh yeah, um, set in in <laughs> seventy degrees is one hundred fifty eight degrees Fahrenheit, but uh, it's only one hundred twenty six degree change. So you're if for our American friends, every two thousand meters you go into the you, you go you, down, the temperature goes up one hundred and twenty six degrees. Exactly. That's every one point two miles. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big increase. Uh, yeah, that's a huge increase, and you're going to notice it. And and there are other places on Earth where you don't have to go nearly so deep to notice it. Right. Uh, the Dead Sea, for example, you can boil a motherfucking egg on, in that thing. Oh. Yeah, it gets hot at the bottom of that thing. So it definitely definitely depends on where you are. Dave also had to give me a, a math lesson, by the way, for this. <laughs> math, man, if there, if there was one subject I would just kick right in the dick, it would be math. And that not because I'm better than it, but because it is better than me. Um, and, and in fact, Washington State, well, l- l- let's think about that then. Uh, if he's going down 15 miles, that's probably about 16 times 128 then, right? At that point? Yeah. Which is hot. Yep. And there's there's How did a, the line not melt? <laughs> right. There uh-huh. and there's a there's a lot of um 
there's a lot of other uses for something like this. Thermal boreholes are considered a way to uh, store energy in the form of, of warm water. Huh. Um, there's also, you know, the actual theoretical work, not fictional work that you just want to call theoretical because it sounds better, um, about uh, terraforming. As a matter of fact, Mars. yeah, no, for, uh, if you want to, um, increase the radiant temperature of a planet, dig yourself some boreholes, literally leach, uh, heat from the, uh, the core of the planet. Provided the core is moving and still warm. Well, yeah, very true. Mars. <laughs> but you know, if, especially if that planet has moons, say Phobos and Deimos that are creating tidal forces that will continually create frictive mm-hmm. energies one of which is tearing apart yeah yeah good point uh washington state apparently runs sixty-five thousand to one hundred and thirty thousand feet thick so that's about in that uh that eighty thousand range that he's uh he's yeah. talking about <laughs> anyway how far can we go down oh do you want to go down all on the Mills way Hall? no i don't know i have no idea how far you can safely go down here's the deal it's estimated the crust of the earth is 20 to 30 miles thick Someone actually called in and said, you know what? The the deepest thing that we know of is the Marianas Trench in the Pacific Ocean. That's 36,000 feet. So 80,000 feet would be a hell of a maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and current mining technology could only go down at that time about 16,000 feet. Right now, the deepest mine in the world is the Tatona Gold Mine in South Africa, which measures 3.9 kilometers deep. How, how deep is that in miles? In miles, that would be 2.4, not nearly 15. Mm. One thing that I found interesting, uh, again, I'm going to link to the show notes about the, uh, the Google image, the, the map, the, the Google Earth. Google, Google, Google. There's uh, a place on the Google Earth map for these coordinates where this is supposed to be in Monastish Ridge. That does look like a big round flat area just a big round flat uh uh feature right in, in in that part now the funny thing is you can also look at, at different satellite maps and the bing map has an aerial image that shows the same thing you're gonna hide something hide it in bing maps <laughs> just bing it no one will ever f-ing know sorry sorry johnny robots who is the world's biggest fan of bing searching things <laughs> if you look on that one though you can see the same thing this round flat brownish uh, feature on the topography, but there looks like it does look like there is a road leading to it, like a little dirt road. It doesn't really show up, but if you go back to the Google maps, uh-huh. uh, you can sort of see now who knows if that's confirmation bias, but right. You can sort of see the same kind of outline of a little road. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's evidence for anything. Yeah. It's just like, that's funny. Yeah, someone has been there. For, for any reason whatsoever. Sure. You know, mm. they, they hold their late night rodeo back in the <laughs> back roads of Monastish. But what we're left with is, obviously, a man who's perhaps using a false name, calls a radio show, and tells a story that is 100% unverifiable. People have since called, this is the funny part, people have since called Coast to Coast. Uh-huh. One of, one of them, one funny story, they claim to be a guy named Gordon. Gordon F. Gordon F., who was working on portal technology. Oh, thank God. Are, are you sure? It would be even better if Cave Johnson called. <laughs> if uh, My name is, is D. Nukem. 
This I, is I, um, miss, I I want more portal games just to hear more Cave Johnson ads and stuff. God, he's the best. This this was apparently a big old prankster who had one fine jape. <laughs> he he was pretending to be Gordon Freeman from the video game Half Life, and um, I guess I, I think this was George Nori days. It may have been Art. Day. I, I I forget if this was the transition period or mm-hmm. what, but whoever coast to coast, whoever was running it, they fell for it. And then even somebody else, even after that, called and and told about a dream. That was apparently the storyline of Fallout 3. <laughs> so people call in f***ing with these guys all the time. And, you yeah. know, Coast to Coast is just a platform for people to, right. to spout their stuff. So, I mean, I say kudos to them for, for listening because, like you and I do, we'll listen to, to yeah. what people have to say. But if they're talking about a hole that shoots out black shadow <laughs> beams... And and has alien babies that that give them yeah. googly feeling in and their stomach. The baby literally looked at them, and they saw the baby. We're gonna call bullshit on it. Yeah, because this is, which I think is kind of why we do this. It's just like a thing that exists out there that was it was never it was never in the tri county area of real, but it's but it's out there. People <laughs> like to discuss it, and you know there is. Uh, I found a lot of really good uh, articles. There's a guy who is actually a geologist who is from that part of Washington. Okay. And was like, what, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> it's not really possible. There's, for a, a, there's a what? Yeah. The hole can't really be that deep around here. And nothing you're saying is lining up. He's like, but I do know, because he grew up in the area. He's like, well, there's a there's a gold mine, an old one over here. I used to go to when I was a kid. And look, here it is. Hmm. He like took people. He's like, this is, yeah, it's it's a deep hole. It's not, it's like, you know. It's like unfathomable. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not insane. It's like, I think he said it was like 90 feet. He's like, it's a deep hole, but it, and it's, it not, stags. <laughs> it's, it's not magic, but, and he had also uh, called in cause he was a fan of our bell show, you know, and it, oh, yeah. it was, I, I get the feeling it was not unlike in the, uh, the listener mail thing where a guy had a question about that Antarctic season. I was like, holy crap. Oh, I was there. Sure. You know, like this guy was like, oh, this is something I not only know about because I grew up there, but I'm, it's what I do is for a living. You know, and, and, you know, he was like, yeah, no, there's this thing right here. That's it. Yeah. You know, uh, so that was, and, and again, with any conspiracy, oh, well, that was the government guy trying to throw you off the trail of their mysterious oh, deep sure. holes. And there Plus, is, there is really telecommunications <laughs> gear. Plausible deniability everywhere there. But like the thing that I, I, I kept picking up from both Mel and even a little bit of, of Kimberly when she called in. And maybe I'm being judgmental, but it seemed like they kind of balked at the idea of anybody actually coming out there to check it out. Right. And that's the thing. Every single point in all of their stories, there's always a reason you can't go and look at it. And Art Bell himself was like, oh, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. He was I got like, a camera. F***ing A right. Let's do this, idiots. He absolutely offered to do it in person. They they never got any picture evidence of this, I don't think. Yeah. They never got any video or recording. or Yeah. And you've got this guy our buddy Mel, whose life has been just turned upside down and inside out by his association with this bedeviled hole, but never go to it. And I'm never going to help you find it. And, uh, 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 I'm never going to let anyone take a look at it. Right. Yep. These people. <laughs> I've been given quarter of a million dollars for every month for years, but then they just wiped my bank accounts. Yeah. Now it's all gone. Back to being and fired. I was still riding in a bus prior to them doing that at will and also i used to lit this flora i can i could find my house no matter what 
I, I know where I used to live. Sure. I could take you to every place I've ever lived. The, the fact that he can't find it where he <laughs> lived. It's, it's no man. None of that. It just, it, it dies right there. And I, I think that the, you know, that's why he had to keep adding things to his story because people call into that show because they enjoy the attention of, of being on the air. And, and this guy told enough of a story to warrant a follow-up. And then he had to keep feeding the beast. <laughs> Could be. Now I got one, one last thing here to really, uh, uh rustle your jimmies, man. My jimmies are sore from all the rustling. <laughs> I took it one step further in, in the research for this nice, amazing yeah, story. Because if there's one thing this topic needed, it was more research. I thought, well, maybe there's there's no such thing as, as a person named Mel Waters. But what if that wasn't his name? What if it was an anagram? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did you like put this into an anagram machine or did you come up with these yourself? Of course. I don't know. Of course I put it in a machine. <laughs> I can't think of all these. <laughs> what if it wasn't Mel Waters? What if it was... West Realm. What if it was Mr. Ale Stew? What if it was We Let Mars? <laughs> eh, pardon me, what if it was El Wet Mars? <laughs> Get your ass to El Wet Mars. <laughs> what if it was Warm Sleet? Hey, burning eyes. Yeah, that's true. Uh oh. What if it was Wars Let Me? <laughs> <laughs> or. Since it's coast to coast, guess what, Dave? What? Art slew me. Oh. But what if twas Mr. Lee? <laughs> so find a Mr. Lee around, yeah. around that area of Washington. Was it the Bobettes that sang that song? <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Lee? I don't One, know. One, two, three. Again, <laughs> Mr. Lee. I think it was the Bobettes. Yep. <laughs> There you go again. Why can't you ever seen like a 90s alternative rock song? Because <laughs> I like old music more. I'm an old man. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? That'll do it for us. Yeah, well. For an extremely crazy <laughs> subject. It was the Bobettes. <laughs> Damn. Mm, mm, I didn't mm. disbelieve you. I know. I'm just glad that I knew it. But that's Mel's hole for you. Uh-huh. In a... Uh, 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 a nutshell that's emanating warmth. You can't see inside of it. Uh, An eternally to the burning. It, and it burns when cold and, and uh, smells like bullshit. And nutshell. it's important to point out that no cats were harmed in the recording of this episode. <laughs> yeah. But wait, you know, like the other thing, though, and I, I don't want to back the whole train up, but like when they brought that sheep back out, uh, there wasn't just one tumor. Oh, God. There was two tumors. <laughs> And they, we in the first one had that weird little slime baby, slime seal. What, what, what was it? What do you think was in the second one? Well, it's it's lesser known for sure, but yeah. you know when they cut it open, it just outpoured all these. <gasps> all right, I'm going first this time. You better, yeah, because I've got I got some really good ones. All right, ready? Yeah. All right. You know where I work, there is a um, uh, a sewer drain in the basement with kind of like bigger openings on it. And as you know, I'm, I'm always drunk, <laughs> always drinking. Oh yeah. Um, and the hard thing is this, is if you take a full, you know, full size bottle, a fifth of whiskey to work, you know, they're going to find that bottle. You can't hide it. So I started buying, um, smaller, uh, thinner bottles that you can fit in your pocket. I'll just drink that. 
And then when I'm done with it, I'll just uh, drop the bottle down my flask hole. Oh, it's like the bass hole. Like the bass hole. <laughs> but it's where I put my empty liquor bottles. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Some for? of that Spanish liquor. Yeah, that's right. That's my, really made my, my flask of sangria. <laughs> all right. All right. I've got a creature that, as a joke, likes digging pits so deep. Put your ass to sleep. No, they might as well go to the underworld. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Well, it, it may be the devil's favorite pet. They're Hell's Mole. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, we picked up a new uh, sponsor for the podcast. Finally. Yeah, I know. It's The money's really coming in. Now it's a big agribusiness uh, out of Nevada. It's, uh, it's Nevada Slim's Diagnostic Sheep and Goat Farm. <laughs> they are uh, scientifically bred and raised to, to be, uh, you know, you can set it through an assembly line in a car factory. You can drop them into a hole. Uh, sometimes they just launch them over the sides of ships into the uh, ocean, you know, see what happens when they go down there. Then you just reel them back in and, and uh, just see what happened. Diagnostic sheep and, and uh, goats from uh, Nevada Slim's Diagnostic Sheep and Goat Farm. <laughs> Form- <laughs> formerly uh, <laughs> Nevada Slim's uh, Cat Ranch. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. Um, there's a, uh, I don't know if you, you might've heard this on the radio. There's a restaurant that's only open in the wee hours of the night and morning. Oh yeah? Yeah. And they serve the best cooked meat around. Oh, I like good meat. Yeah. In fact, they love to brag about it. I don't like braggers. It's called Roast to Boast AM. Wow. You wow. <laughs> you wow. That, uh. That pun had a real serious fart smell. <laughs> you want a bonus? Of course I want a bonus. Here's your bonus one. I got a craft store uh-huh. specializing in never-ending yarn balls. <laughs> the bottomless knit. Nice. I like that. And now, now you know what else is bottomless? Just the, the love and affection and literacy of our listeners, our glorious listeners. That's right. Throw your cat in the well of listener came all the way through and back on the other side some people some people have said that they've been like oh it's a portal to another dimension it's uh it ends up in another place in in the world perhaps china (laughs) that's hilarious i'll start us off do it uh so brave i want to give a a big old shout out to laura J. Hi, Laura. Who has told us about some uh, stuff from her family uh, via Facebook related Sweet. some some cool stories about F-B. all kinds of stuff, including fairies, uh, hoodoo culture, and um, Gola stuff from uh, South Carolina. Very, very cool stuff. I just want to uh, give a shout out and a thank you to Laura J for telling us very cool stories. There's even a Shadow Man uh, story in there. Sweet. I mean, it's the stuff like this that people actually... Uh, experience and relate to you now obviously like uh, dave and i said we've never really had paranormal experiences and stuff but i for one i don't know about you actually but i i would love to to have one to yeah to actually swing in in a direction on how this stuff goes you know what i mean yeah no yeah i i totally do but uh yeah i mean always cool to hear uh stories from people's past and and what you've experienced and things so thank you laura J. yeah thanks flora oh got a message from Good, read it. Timon, Timon, which is half of the uh, Achille and Timon uh, power duo. Achille. Yeah. Timon. 
What's going on? <laughs> Good to hear uh, from you guys. Yeah. Again. Well, uh, unfortunately, they've been rather uh, ill lately. No. They, yeah. Stop so it. They've got uh, some illnesses that, yeah. Quit being Knock sick. it off. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Um, yeah, they've got some illnesses they're dealing with, so I, I wish you the best with that. Fight fight ever onward. So they were listening to the uh, Ouija episode. I've heard it. and <laughs> I've heard of it. And uh, Tymon has a really great story about um, uh, when he was younger, uh, his mom brought a Ouija board home. So Tymon and his parents sat around and decided, all right, let's, let's get our Ouija on. And, uh, not only did the entity, uh, identify itself as Zozo. Oh no. They didn't know anything about how, uh, Ouija points worked. Um, and so he's like, great. If you want to make up a name, you could have just said, no, thank you. Then the planchet starts going four corners on the board. Uh, <laughs> then it starts trying to count down the numbers. And he's like, no, I don't want to do numbers. I want you to answer my questions. And he keeps stopping it from counting down through all the numbers. <laughs> then he thinks there's something on. The, then the planchet starts doing figure eights and all these things. And finally, it's hitting it all. Yeah. All the things that shouldn't happen that are all the red flags. And he's like, ah, this game f-ing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then years later like looks it up online and was like, uh, <laughs> Oh no, what have I wrought? Right, right. Wow. Yeah. That, that's an awesome story. Uh, and then there's a really fun postscript about, uh, uh, monster quest and how we are better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll take it. I accept. Well, I'm just so glad to hear from you, Timon. And so my best to you and Achille, and I uh, hope to hear from you again soon. Yes, indeed. Or what do you got? Well, I, I want to uh, take a, a quick moment to just give a, Big shout out again to the Chromecast, um, oh, yeah. the Robert E. Howard podcast, who is netting us a ton of listeners. Apparently, <laughs> a lot of people hear them. I guess uh, uh, suggest us as a podcast on their show, or they oh. talk about us, and and we get a lot of uh, listeners coming through there. So thank you to the guys at the Chromecast. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, and thanks uh, as a as a Chromecast slash Blurry Photos listener and fan. Uh, uh, welcome aboard, and and thanks uh, thanks for your patronage for both of us. Indeed, and if you are just a Blurry Photos listener, check out the yeah, Chromecast. Go over to the Chromecast and get your Robert E. Howard on. Yeah. Now, now again, this is uh like because we're so slow on listener mail. So sorry about that. Uh, got a really fun email. From Jeudi. Sorry, what? Um, it's uh, French Thursday. Oh. And Jeudi, whose name you may not know, but I think you will at the end of this, writes, very amusing. Thanks for visiting. Weem. Oh. Dave broke my heart when he mentioned a girlfriend. I was going to ply you with a Bloody Mary. You still can. <laughs> I just have to stop when the drink's over. Oh, my yes. God. The, it, it's, it's rolling thunder from the, yes, the Mensa company. Yes, with the rolling suitcase That's bar. Awesome. The one genuine, true genius, genius that we met at the Mensa event. Uh, oh, that's so thank you so much for writing yeah, in. Thanks for writing in. Uh, she also writes, come back next year and debunk angels for me, please. Mm, angels might not be a bad uh, topic Not bad at there. all. Yeah. We've done fallen angels, but we haven't done a straight up an- on hell episode. Yeah. So might be fun yeah there's why plenty not? to that so yeah cool just, just just keep that bar rolling that's right <laughs> that's <laughs> great Sto- stash some bourbon in it for next year yeah. and uh yeah oh it's thank you sorry for such a delay and uh on actually getting to read that but that's because we're bad people thank you jody uh dave we've heard from <laughs> it's atomic secrets <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. Uh, Atomic Secrets writes, Dear Mrs. Florence Deco, I've been a listener since sometime last year. Hey, because of the Chromecast, what did I tell you? Oh, nice. Said never before was he moved to write until today when, when listening to the Ouija episode, the following abominations popped into my brain space. Dave, did you hear about the homeless guy at the stoplight who could read your fortune based on the bird poop patterns on your windshield? No, I didn't. He uses a squeegee board. (laughs) Scientists have figured out why Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. Why? It's a phenomenon called the idiot voter effect. (laughs) Damn right. Well, thank you for writing Atomic Secrets. (laughs) Even though his name is obviously Greg. (gasps) Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. He writes that. Well, yeah. speaking of interesting names. We got uh we got an email heard from um no longer Daniel. Now the mighty Ferdinand. Hello, I'm the mighty Ferdinand. I'm the mighty Ferdinand. You can't you can't have that type of okay. voice with that type of name. It. I was trying it. Okay. You can't. Hello. I'm the mighty Ferdinand. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um the mighty Ferdinand writes uh still training trailing a bit and catching up. Just wanted to tell you about a new Futurama, uh, Futurama merchandise item he's seeing on the shelves. It's pretty creepy, so I won't be surprised if it gets recalled after it kills some people. It's a new plush buddy bender. Nice, nice, nice. Fernand also has a really good show suggestion, and uh, 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 and I like the format. We were kicking this around too. I don't. Uh, I always hate this part because I don't want to tip the hand. But Ferdinand, you know what I'm talking about. But like, uh, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna say because it it's easier. Yeah, right underwater mysteries um things like the baltic sea object um archae- sunken archaeological sites oh. you know things like that bimini road yes exactly bimini road um all those things that would be a great episode i totally agree i think we should do that flora we could do that we could do that mm-hmm. i reckon i reckon we can put that one on the list mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thanks ferdinand no mighty ferdinand <laughs> I'm the mighty Ferdinand. I'm the mighty Ferdinand. Oh, hello. Cower before me. Mm. You shan't <laughs> think me weak, nay. This It sounds like uh, Orson Welles in his youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Dave, we've heard from Travis. Hello, Travis. Hello, Travis. Talking about the uh, Ouija Boards episode. <sighs> A popular you can, thing. You can see where we're at. On yeah, the, yeah <laughs> on exactly. You see, this is how far behind we are, which means that, yeah, probably uh, I, I want to record it right after Christmas, hopefully before New Year. Another A big old catch up. Yeah, because here's the thing. Go ahead and peek up this, this podcast skirt. It's fine. We recorded the one that we just released like a long time ago, like in August, That's I think. True. It's and true. And that was supposed to catch us up. And then we didn't. It just took get me a while to, to get it out. Yeah. <sighs> We're working on it. We're, we try. The so holidays should be good for yeah, catching up. We're, we do our best to do right by you, and we fall behind a lot. So, but there, um, there, there it is. Travis, uh, Travis talks about uh, getting a Ouija board from Walmart, trying it with his girlfriend. Um, Which I got to be honest, I would feel like that that a Ouija board from Walmart. I'd imagine you'd see more tortured spirits just buying it than you ever would using it. Yeah. <laughs> He was trying it with his friend and, and his friend's girlfriend, and he, he, according to him, Zozo came out in there. Z-O-Z-O was, uh, was being spelled out, including the words watching you as well. Ugh. Maybe he's the only one that's allowed to come through. Like, he dibsed Ouija boards, <laughs> and he's, he's like the Bill Gates of the underworld. <laughs> well, who's the Steve Jobs of Ouija boards? Um, 
uh, Charlie Charlie. Oh. It's more portable. The uh, kids are into it. It's less expensive, though. The adults don't get it. So, yeah, he says it uh, It just sort of uh, sort of freaked him out, obviously. Yeah. Threw it away. Well, I guess it's better than burning it. <laughs> Is it? I think burning it would be better. I don't know. But you, you hear those screams, and then you go, mad. Is that what's supposed to happen? Right. I think that's what you said. Hmm. It's bad either way. Let's have a Ouija board bonfire this winter. You're the one that's supposed to be scared of just trying shitty things, too. Yeah, I'm not as scared to destroy things, though, because I'm an American. Like your life. True. Like the rest of your life. He's also, and, and maybe related to this, uh, had some night terrors, including a shadow person encounter. He has sleep paralysis, and he opened his eyes one night and saw out, outside his bedroom door, there was a shadowy figure, and he somehow managed to ask, who are you? And it didn't say anything, but it moved towards him and then disappeared. And, you know, as you would expect, a pants shing episode for poor Travis. Uh, definitely, I think, appreciated our take on uh, I hear about old Zozo again. Thank you, Travis. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, so thank you. Thank you guys so much for, for writing in. And if you've written in, thank you for being so very patient <laughs> while we pull our heads out of our asses. But we'll, we'll hopefully get that sorted out in the near future. Uh, 2016 is looking like a really good year. We got uh, holidays ahead of us, Christmas behind us. I hope you had a good Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, uh, yes. iTunes. I got to be honest, dear listeners, we're losing traction. It's true. We're, it's true. Uh, we're starting to slip a little. But, uh, but you know, nothing outside the realm of regular moves around there every damn day. Um, I know because I look every damn day. <laughs> Uh, so please leave us a five-star review. Go ahead, write something silly in there. It's always fun to read. Don't forget to, uh, also check out the ladies at candy chat. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook. We have blown past the Octo Hildo. Yeah, screw Octo Hildo. Well, 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 we still love Octo Hildo. Nine Hildo is the <laughs> nine Hildo is the way to <laughs> nine go now. Hildo. Nine. And then the Thildo. The Thildo. <laughs> golden Thildo. The golden Thildo. That's what we all want. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Smart. laughs> don't forget to give yourself a gift this Christmas season of a free audiobook from uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Gift that keeps on giving. Man, they're so worth it. It's a ton. Yeah. They're just great. If you get yourself Les Miserables, it'll keep on giving for uh, multiple hours. Cheesy. Like well, I mean, ten, dec- ten, tens of hours. Even Four. even a regular book, really. Like <laughs> having someone read to you takes a long ass time. Yeah. So it's worth it. You can tune out a lot of family if that's the way your family bounces and you don't dig them. Get yourself an audio book. You're learning, and you don't have to hear your racist uncle talk. Shit. Get us some more followers on Twitter if you can. Oh yeah, get some of those going. Hey, thanks to uh, Mikey Wheels for trying to. Uh, start a campaign to to get us on Destination America. Oh yeah, everybody, join in on that. Shit, yeah, though. by all means, uh, tweet at them. That's the only way they'll hear us. Get in their faces. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the three different Tumblr pages. Oh yes, yep, we've got links to those on the website. Those are awesome, and thank you so much for for setting those up. Indeed, I, I'm too dumb to know how to do it. And uh, don't forget on Christmas Eve, uh, set some cookies out and a glass of milk for Santa. Mm-hmm. And then in the fireplace, why don't you go ahead and slide the donate button right down there in place of the uh, the log so that when he uh, slides his fat ass down that chimney, he hits that thing with enough force to send us launched bodily into the new year with fiscal glory. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for those of you who have yes, donated thank you so uh, much. recently. Very much appreciated. Also, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Co-op, as always, for keeping us in business. Yep. Yep. 
If you like what we do here, you could check out one of our fellow members of the co-op. How about What Else? What Else is an interview show spanning various topics and fields of endeavor. It's like the Charlie Rose show, but with less Charlie. An equal amount of Rose, though. That's right. <laughs> Plenty of Rose, no Charlie. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this, the yeah. last uh, uh, true episode of 2015. Yeah. Thanks for a good 2015. Hell yeah. Thanks for a glorious 2015. Road trips, Mensa talks. Oh yeah. Hundredth episodes. We've had a great f***ing year and you guys have been a huge part of that. Thank you guys so much. So anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been Cat Chuck and David Flora. You dick. (laughs) And I have been Dave the Soulful-Eyed Seal Fetus Stecco. (laughs) Smoke on the waters. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da